You're listening to Trending with Timory, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. National speaker Timory Millington has been a passionate advocate for life as long as she can remember, helping Gen X through Z answer the call to true feminism and authentic manhood. Timory holds a master's degree in biblical theology, and she covers this week's hottest stories from a Catholic worldview. You're listening to Trending with Timory. We are back in studio with Father Robert Spitzer, president of the Magis Center and involved in so many of the incredible Catholic outreach programs from Credible Catholic to other programs such as the Napa Institute that have really fed into creating a deep Catholic culture and a deeper understanding of our Lord and really spreading the truth of the gospel throughout the culture. Father Robert Spitzer is joining us as our regular guest today to talk about things that are so important to us this Lent, such as what on earth is almsgiving? We're supposed to be doing it during Lent, but do we really know what it is? So we'll be unpacking that. We'll be talking about miracles and how sometimes we're always praying for that miracle in our life. But what should be the proper attitude when we pray for these miracles and what should they really bring about in us? And we'll also dive into what exactly are the corporal works of mercy and how are these difficult to live out in the modern day culture? So Father Spitzer, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you once again, Timory. Could you give a summary of what almsgiving is? Yeah, almsgiving, of course, goes back to the earliest dimensions of uh, Mosaic uh, uh, law and Mosaic religion in in Israel. So 1200 BC, uh, we already see the need to support not only uh, the poor uh, those who are on the margins, but also to support the church as well, and to support institutions uh, that that will help uh, d- the development and proclamation of the faith, as well as the development pro- and uh, good works, uh, especially, as I said, for uh, the poor and those on the margins. And so almsgiving uh, in its earliest forms always had a, a tithing component uh, to it, Though that doesn't really exist as much today, uh, but that was a kind of a continuous commitment. Uh, some people take tithing as a you know a, a more or less a commitment that's sort of made in stone to a place. Other people discuss things as a family and say what percentage would uh, of our income do we want to give uh, to both uh, charitable causes and to causes of religion and faith. Um, because one helps the spirit, right, religion and faith. The other helps the body. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, sometimes the two run together, as in families and things, so helping out the family or helping out institutions that help families, etc. So all these things are really appropriate. It normally means giving funds or giving money, um, which, of course, currency is the normal means of universal exchange. So almsgiving always had that dimension of of funds, but it doesn't have to be just money or funds. Uh, It could be the donation of our services. It could also be the donation of food to, for example, a food bank or something of that nature. It could be uh, volunteering sometimes. Uh, This kind of gets into more charitable service and corporal works of mercy, but it it could get into also, you know, a a service that we might do for charitable organizations. That gets into a different 
realm. But normally, uh, it, it is to, to give funds for support or uh, goods and services uh, which uh, will support uh, either the faith or charity or both. I love that. That's Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center. You're listening to Trending with Timory. That gives us a really good bird's eye view of what almsgiving has been in the history of the church. And I like how you point back to this is something our people have done, our ancestors have done in the faith long before Christianity. It was a basic part of who we are to give back. And I think that that's what's so challenging sometimes for us because we think about, well, what can I give up for Lent? What can I do for Lent? You know, increasing in our prayer, but we're called a prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and that really calls on an element of charity, which we'll dive into kind of the difference between charity and justice in a second. Um, But I want to also look at how the Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about almsgiving as an act of religion, one of those three acts of religion, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it says it's prayer is the Our Father, which I thought was so interesting. So the prayer Mm -hmm. of almsgiving, along with the other penitential acts, is to be praying that our father. And I was thinking, well, why is that? And I thought it was so beautiful, Father, because it is an appeal. Well, we start with, okay, it's our father. It's his name that's holy, not us that are great and wonderful for doing these acts. (laughs) Um, We're not creating our kingdom and our perfect world we want. Um, We're creating his kingdom and it's his will that's being done as we participate in these acts. That's right. And and, uh, uh, what we want to do is unify our heart with the heart of the father, with the heart of Jesus so that uh, um, what we're doing when we're giving is uh, we're, we're uh, giving through these people who are in need or these churches who are in need. We're actually giving, too, to the Father. It's the, there's a desire to please the Father. And also, um, we're letting the Father's hand work through us to those organizations. And, uh, of course, we've all heard those stories about... Uh, um, you know, people who say, well, uh, I wish somebody would do something. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, somebody says, well, why don't you do something about it? Who, Whose hands does the Father work through uh, to serve the poor? Well, it's it's yours. <laughs> Whose uh, eyes does the Father uh, uh, work through when he, you know, he's with little children? Well, they're, they're, they're yours. Whose mouth does the Father work through to preach the Word of God to people in need? Well, uh, it's yours, and if not you, uh, the Father's not going to be, have another incarnation, uh, you know, to, to do the job. He, he really wants us to participate for our own good, our own salvation, and our own dignity, because we're serving his kingdom. What n- more noble thing can there be than the service of the kingdom? He wants us to participate, not just for the good of the people we serve uh, or give alms to, but also for us. Um, there's no, you see people, you know, I, I used to be a university president for uh, 11 years, and I can tell you, I saw people at their best when they were giving. Mm, amen to that. Well, and I think about what you're saying, um, it reminds me of St. Catherine Drexel, and I thought you were going there because it's her feast day this week. And, you know, St. Catherine Drexel, I'll never forget when I was at the World Meeting of Families, they were talking so much about St. Catherine Drexel, a saint here in the United States, and she went and appealed to the Holy Father of her time. And she kept appealing to him, you know, that here are these problems and that problem in the world. And he looks at her and said, like, what are you going to do about it? Why are you trying to put all the problems of the world on me? And I think that that's our challenge to step up and be willing to take on in our own community what we see needs to be answered. Yeah, that's a real story. I think she she actually <clears throat> was confronting Pope Leo the Thirteenth. 
And, um, you know, she said, well, what can we do about this or that? And and uh, I think Pope Leo XIII said, well, why don't you do something? <laughs> and not only did she, she, she went out and she really did it, and she was a well-to-do uh, society lady and in the highest ranks of U.S. society and uh, happened to be traveling in Italy, visited the Pope, and it just produced a, <clears throat> a real conversion in her life. And she did decide to give over her funds to starting a religious organization, uh, a new uh, group of sisters who would actually be able to serve people in most need in the United States, mostly in the area of education. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You are listening to Trending with Tim Ray, Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center. You know, I look sometimes at almsgiving and we get a little confused at times because we confuse justice and charity when it comes to almsgiving because we think, oh, well, I'm doing all of these great things to help people. But if you have a surplus of time, if you have a surplus of resources and you're giving those things away, that's actually not charity. You may say, well, I earned it. This is my time. Well, in reality, you're giving to others what is uh, their due, what they deserve, what their basic needs are. So even things such as feeding the homeless at times, you know, you may be giving out of, you know, the small amount of money and food that you have, and you may be eating a little less. That <coughs> would be an act of charity and almsgiving, or, you know, it's an act of justice. If you're just giving the extras of what you don't need for basic necessity. Yeah, I think Jesus calls us, um, uh, all of us, uh, to try and make a difference uh, to, uh, you know, a, a more equitable society. And there are just people who are born with less, and they're never going to be able uh, to move out of, uh, you know, uh, what we might call an impoverished way of life without uh, some help uh, from people and so uh, it, it is, uh, you might put it, you know, only uh, justice to try and um, give some of our excess uh, funds to making a difference to people, to making a more just society, to trying to, to help people, to elevate them, uh, to get to a status where, you know, they can actually have the same starting point that we did or, or um, you know, maybe much less than we did, but just a, a better starting point than the one they have now. That's Father Robert Spitzer listening to Trending with Tim Ray. I also think of the golden rule when we talk about uh-huh. almsgiving. You know, we're always making all these prayer petitions and we're always asking for these various things, but we also forget that other people have needs too. And we learn in scriptures by much of the evangelization of Jesus Christ that we're called to do for others what we would like to do, be done for us. Yeah. And that this is at the heart of how we live our Christian life. That's right. And when God taps you on the shoulder, you really do want to do things. And so you look at this panoply of needs, right? I mean, just a myriad of needs that are out there. And um, I, I just think, you know, in a way, we want to try and spread a little bit, uh, you know, of the wealth that we have or the, the excess that we have. But we want to get focused, too, on what we can really do well, you know, sort of like St. Paul's, there are many gifts but the same spirit. Find your gifts and serve well there. Coming up, we'll be talking about the corporal works of mercy. What are they? How can we better live them and match them to the gifts that we ourselves actually have this Lent? Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T I M M E R I E. 
You're listening to Trending with Timory, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. While Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, Naramaritus, talked about how the world offers you comfort. I'm paraphrasing something he said. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness. And I look at the corporal works of mercy. I look at the sacrifices we're called to make during Lent, that we're supposed to be making reparation for our sins, the sins of our family, the sins of the culture. And it gets incredibly uncomfortable. But it's a lot easier to say prayers in the morning and to maybe fast from some coffee or dessert than it is to kind of live out these acts of almsgiving. And so I want to give as an example, um, my priest this past weekend in the bulletin said, you know, you don't know what to do for almsgiving. Well, look at the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And so that's what we're going to do this week to help give you something maybe to kind of look at that list and find ways for the Holy Spirit to speak to you that day to serve others. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, like I said, you know, sometimes to try and do all four corporal or all, uh, all of the cor- corporal works of mercy, the four we're going to be discussing today, might be a challenge. Uh, you may want to focus in on one or two that you, you really can do, but there are lots of opportunities out there, and it's just amazing. You can find them through your parish. You can find them through the Catholic Charities website. There are just many things where you could even do some volunteer work and, and, uh, and something of that nature, uh, which would really, uh, you'd be surprised. It's very moving, and it really, you find a whole new community of people uh, that you work with uh, in, in serving uh, people who are in need, and it, it really does draw you closer to the Lord. And I'm going to be honest, these first four corporal works of mercy yeah. are really difficult to me uh, or for me. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people in the culture experience that. And if you're just joining us, that is Father Robert Spitzer, president of the Magis Center. You're listening to Trending with Timory. When I'm looking at these first four corporal works of mercy, you know, we have instruct the inner ignorant, mm-hmm. give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless. You really have to go out of your way to do things or get past your own discomfort. Now, maybe you live in Southern California and you're around the vast homelessness in our culture. Um, But I know a lot of people who start to have this attitude. Well, that person's probably just going to go buy a beer or buy some drugs or they're homeless because, you know, they're on the streets because they've been doing drugs for years. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember someone saying to me once, you know, it's frustrating because some people are homeless because they've refused to get along and collaborate with other people. And so this is where they found themselves. So there's a lot that can build up in us that causes anger, anxiety, resentment. Yet at the same time, our Lord is saying, no, these are the corporal works of mercy that we're called to. Yeah, exactly. And and there is a, sort of that barrier of discomfort. I, I admit that it's there. Um, you know, I remember, you know, when I was younger, I would just take some of my spare funds. So if I had some stipend money or something of that nature, um, I just give it to the St. Vincent de Paul, and which is a great thing. You know, that's almsgiving. And, you know, that, that can help. You know, they can use that for job training or to give some food uh, to people who are in real need, et cetera. Uh, those, that kind of almsgiving is good. But then there's actually, as you put it, crossing that threshold of discomfort and uh, to find a spot where you can volunteer. You know, interestingly enough, there really are some interesting opportunities uh, through Catholic Charities, for example, or some uh, interesting opportunities, even in your parish. Uh, there are, like many people, have a social concerns committee, a social justice committee, 
or something of that nature within the parish, and just to um, uh, to just volunteer for even if it's just one day a month, and uh, if you have kids, of course, to to maybe bring them along. So there's like a, a lot of food shelters, for example. And um, sometimes, you know, it's it's grunt work, you know, or you mm-hmm. you stocking shelves. Sometimes, you know, uh, when I was working in a, a particular, uh, um, it was a food line for for people who are on the streets, who mostly alcoholics, drug addicts, and the, um, we would pick up things from restaurants. So, you know, if they had lots of extra soup, or the Safeway had some bread that was too brown, or whatever it was. Uh, we would go and pick these things up, and, and maybe you're doing a lot of driving and picking up. Uh, but uh, these are genuine corporal works of mercy because that soup is going to be consumed by somebody who really needs it. And uh, uh, we have a fellow by the name of Bruno here uh, who is uh, uh, kind of – he owns this restaurant, the White House, but he, he just serves tens of thousands of kids um, who are street kids um, with his uh, pastas. Uh, that he makes, uh, I think, every other night, and he's out there delivering these things to uh, huge numbers of, of kids. So there's there's all kinds of opportunities, but it just means two things. Number one, you, you sort of have to find a place that, that serves where you think you could be of service, you know, whether it's trying to pick up some food to deliver to a place or maybe to volunteer to help cook uh, the food that will be delivered to another place, or to serve the food in that place. There's just networks of networks out there of people, and to just, you know, humbly sort of get yourself in a network, you know. Uh, I've had to decrease that a little bit because uh, the old blind guy here, uh, I don't want to be the fifth wheel uh, that uh, everybody's trying to take care of instead of the people who need the service. But in any case, the the, the point is, is, it really does make a, a big difference, um, you know, that you put that time in it and uh, let your kids be exposed to it as well. Uh, I can tell you another thing that uh, churches always need. It is definitely a corporal work of mercy that could also be a spiritual work of mercy, and that's instructing the ignorant. And And uh, I, I will tell you that uh, education, there's so many possibilities for tutoring. So many possibilities to just work with communities that do so much of this tutoring or mentoring of kids, the boys' clubs, the girls' clubs. There are all kinds of opportunities to do that. And that's something, too, that younger uh, folks can uh, get into. So if you have a particularly talented teenager, uh, maybe a 10th grader, 11th grader, and they're maybe good in math or reading, uh, that could really be a big brother uh, to a little kid who needs some uh, tutoring uh, time. That that's great, and uh, as I always say, this con- this gets into the spiritual works of mercy. But if you want to instruct in a catechism class, everyone is in need of seventh and eighth grade CCD teachers <laughs> because nobody, frankly, wants to do it. I'm sure <laughs> if you've got a gift for that, and you just even if you want to do it as a <clears throat> you know a class monitor, you could do that. You know, what's funny is I accidentally mentioned Instruct the Ignorant as one of the first corporal works of mercy. <laughs> Again, those actually start with feed the hungry, give drink to the yeah. thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless. But while we're mentioning um, Instructing the Ignorant, 
I think that that middle school age is the most fun age to work with. They've still got some of their innocence. They still have a lot of fun in them. They're willing to do silly things, but they're not jaded like the home, uh, kind of the high school area is. And they're smart. They can grasp ideas very deeply. So if you have the time, I really do encourage volunteer your time and maybe you feel a little more called, you know, we're teasing out because we're going to be talking about the spiritual works of mercy later on this week on trending. Uh, But that's something for food for thought. I am, however, going to give an example, though, Father Spitzer, and I'm just amazed by my parents, actually, and how great they have been over the years, really, of setting the example for my siblings and creating opportunities to help feed the poor uh, because they, you know, along with another woman at their church, decided we're just going to start feeding the poor. They started gathering food and they'd just go to the areas where they knew there were homeless people and they would go out and they'd search kind of in these big fields. They'd go yeah. and find them and they'd ask them, well, what do you need? Do you have pants, enough pants? You have, you know, blankets. Are you warm? And they'd go back again and they would give them what they needed the next week. Mm-hmm. And I was always so amazed because they didn't just go in and feed them and give them the items, but they saw the person there and they were willing to engage and go a little deeper when I think we're so quick, like, okay, I feel uncomfortable, so I'm going to quickly give this $5 out my window, but then I'm not going to ask their name. I'm not going to engage in any eye contact. We kind of glaze over the person and think, well, I did a good deed today. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things is, you know, we have to sort of uh, figure out how we can best do this. Because, you know, a lot of us have our families to to manage at the same time. But the more we can engage and and show dignity to the people we're serving, the better. But that doesn't mean it's not dignified to help, for example, pick up food or deliver food uh, to, um, you know, a service that is going to be engaging with the kids or engaging with the people who are in need. But the more engagement you can have, absolutely, the better it is, but there's dignity in all the corporal works. But I do agree when you can really get engagement, that's terrific. And when you can show somebody that they have dignity, that's the best thing of all is not to just give the $5, but to say a good word to them, even God bless you and what's your name, uh, and, and to just show them that they really have dignity because sometimes they need that more than the $5 for the food or the food coupon. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You're listening to Trending with Timory. I would love to hear from you. You can contact me on Instagram, follow me, hear what we're up to here on Trending throughout the week. You can find me on Instagram at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Father Spitzer, one of the things that I really did start trying to do a few years ago was actually ask, what is your name when I engage with someone who was homeless, even if I wasn't able to give them something? Because the reality is we live in a world where we don't really carry cash as often as we used to. But I can honor that person by at least speaking to them rather than walking by them. And I've been amazed by some of the people I've met. You know, I think of a woman by the name of Heather who, you know, she was talking about, you know, just in terms of areas where she's able to be and where it's a little safer for her as a woman to be alone on the street and why she chooses here over other areas. Or I think of a man who served in Iraq and who had his leg blown up. And unfortunately, he didn't get the things he needed and he was there on the streets. Like, I mean, he jumped from a helicopter and had his leg blown off. I mean, it's just... 
Yeah. You hear these stories, they're real people. And for whatever reason, they have found themselves here. It's a challenge for us not to be judgmental in these moments. We'll be right back here on Trending with Father Robert Spitzer to talk about three more of the corporal works of mercy and our impatience. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Coming up, we're going to be walking through our own impatience and tips for living out almsgiving this Lent. But first, a message about our sponsors. Solidarity HealthShare is simple to help pay for affordable, quality health care. They enable the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. You choose the doctors that you want to see. Even integrative and alternative medical treatments are eligible. Solidarity HealthShare helps pay for NAPRO technology and costs associated with natural family planning. Solidarity HealthShare is dedicated to both faith and your health care. Information is available at SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center is here with me. You can learn more at www.magiscenter.com. That's M-A-G-I-S-Center.com, where you can learn more about credible Catholic, scientific reasons for our faith, along with understanding the deep theology, and much more. Father Spitzer, we've been talking about the corporal works of mercy as a means to live out that almsgiving that we're called to as Christians, especially during Lent and other penitential seasons. But you had a really awesome tip that you wanted to share about feeding the hungry and the thirsty and the naked and homeless. Yeah. Uh, You know, this is the time of year when people are just so uh, acclimated to doing a food drive or something of that nature. You know, obviously we know that this happens at Christmas and the big uh, grocery stores will do, you know, the the, you know, add a dollar and so forth uh, to the to your bill, and and they do a lot of the grocery things too. But if you want to start a food drive in your company, and just make it uh, part of you know Lent in anticipation of Easter, so it's not just a another um, you know. I mean, I'm glad that we have the Christmas drives, believe me, and the Thanksgiving drives. But maybe if we want to do an Easter drive, and during Lent, you know, if you wanted to organize something where you just bring in. Uh, food, you know, obviously this is not perishable food. Just bring in food that's in cans and things and just uh, do a food drive in your company. F- um, uh, find a place where the food can be delivered, uh, maybe a St. Vincent to Paul or something of that nature, um, or even uh, one of the big food banks. Uh, you can actually call up the food bank, call up the St. Vincent to Paul, ask them uh, for uh, what they need and, uh, you know, how to, to get the deliveries done. And uh, you can put all that together, and you'd be surprised how many people would just say, "Well, gosh, you know that I I could, for a Lenten thing, I I could give a few cans of food a week. Uh, I could give a huge amount of pasta. Do uh, uh, you know big collection? And and uh, he all he needs is dry pasta. And uh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the guy easy. just gives tons of 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 these things, all cooked with the sauce and everything, to all these kids on the street. So I I would just say. Anything that you could organize, just make sure you talk with the folks uh, who are the recipients beforehand, get the the way they need the deliveries done and the kinds of food. And really, you could be of immense help just 
with your good organizational skills. You would be amazed how easy it is to sometimes help, you know. And I think that when people have a means, okay, I need pasta, you know, and that's it. Okay, when I'm at the store, I can go and pick up a couple bags of pasta. That's easy for me. And people want to help. And I even think of the example of crisis pregnancy centers. You know, Mm -hmm. the crisis pregnancy centers have so many volunteers and people who want to step in. And the crisis pregnancy centers, you want to talk about feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked and sheltering the homeless. I mean, you're literally helping clothe those babies sometimes and those mothers for their interviews so that they can get a job to help care for their children or helping to keep food on the table. I mean, these are some of the things that our awesome charities are doing. And let me tell you, if you want to go drop used or brand new baby clothes off, maybe if you've always wanted to go baby clothes shopping, now's your time. Go drop them off at the crisis pregnancy centers. Absolutely. And like here at our Christ Cathedral, uh, where we're broadcasting from, uh, they have a big, huge distribution um, drive on Thursdays, you know, so a lot of the uh, help out with the homeless and, and providing all of the above, the clothing, the food, and the necessities of life, even showering. Here's my question, though. Do we have the patience to lean in and slow down to give alms? Because these corporate works of mercy are not easy. Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center is here on Trending with Timory. If you want to weigh in, ask us a question, or even just stay in touch, feel free to head <clears throat> over to radiotrending.com or follow me on Instagram at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. And you can find links to the Magis Center there as well. So, Father... We are so impatient and so busy today. We don't slow down. And so when I'm looking, especially at the three last Corporal Works of Mercy, these ones are hard. And visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead. Visiting the sick, you've got to slow down and be willing to have sometimes, you know, really slow conversations, uh, really quiet moments. You kind of have to be at peace with yourself in order to enter into those moments with the imprisoned and the sick. Yeah, it's, uh, those are special ministries uh, for sure. And um, with visiting the sick now um, too, uh, there are some, uh, some training requirements that, you know, if you're, especially if you're going to a hospital, uh, that you would want to sort of uh, get some some education, some training on on how best to do that from a pastoral point of view, because visiting the sick is for companionship, but it's also uh, you know to try and uh, you know help them out um, as well. Uh, now for shut-ins and things like that, uh, normally uh, things like that you could probably do some of that through your church. But what Timry was saying earlier is just. We have to make time for it. And, you know, I I am at the forefront of the line of violators of people who think, okay, you know, I could, you know, do some hospital (laughs) calls today or, you know, or some shut-in calls today, and and I don't, you know. And I just remember so many of the the wonderful people I worked with, you know, uh, previously, um, you know, even one of my vice presidents at Gonzaga, who was such a great guy, and he would do the meals on wheels, you know, and uh, he, he would uh, make that time to, to go and deliver things to, to people who just couldn't get out of their houses. And Meals on Wheels, by the way, is just a great uh, way to, to, to do that, as well as many other charities through the parish. But visiting people who are shut in, and especially the nursing homes, mm. and you don't need specialty training to just be a person to go to a nursing home 
I'm telling you, some of these people have not been visited by their relatives yeah. in weeks. Uh, you years, know, years sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and that's really true. And just to, to get somebody that, uh, you know, zooms into a, a nursing home and just, uh, um, you know, just has a few kind words to say, or uh, you could just say a prayer with uh, some of these people. Uh, sometimes, you know, you could just uh, ask them about their history because being with them is as important as doing something for them. And so with visiting the sick, in some ways, you do have to make a special effort to go to a particular nursing home, but you'd be stunned at how many nursing homes are probably near your neighborhood. And, you know, so if you pick one or two and you just think, okay, um, you know, start, you don't have to, you know, turn into Francis Xavier overnight. But, you know, you could just say, I'm going to take me and my kids. We're going to go to this nursing home and we'll go once a month for a start and then maybe move it up to once every couple of weeks. And uh, just to, um, you know, be a companion to some of these people. I'm telling you, with you bring a kid, little kids or actually teenagers into a nursing home. And, uh, you know, it is amazing. People respond so positively. Anyway, uh, there's a thought. Well, I think of the challenge for us, Father, is we are so productive. We're always trying to do something. And oh, we yeah. think slowing down is worthless. We think uh-huh. to have a conversation with, in, in some cases, maybe you do feel a little trapped if you stop and visit. Maybe even that elderly relative that is sick in your life and you gosh, oh uh-huh. gosh, if I start talking, I'm never going to get away. I mean, we have to have our own boundaries that we need to leave and we have to leave, but we meet, need to be willing to make time to go in the first place. That's right. And so, you know, it's making the time and I've got this constant conflict uh, you know, that goes on because, you know, people will just call my office. Maybe they heard me on the radio, saw me on TV or something, and they'll call my office and they'll want some advice. And I've got these deadlines. I've got deadlines to get curricula done. I've got deadlines for travel. I've got deadlines for publication. And, I'm, you know, and they're all in the forefront of my mind. And I've been trained on goal setting. <laughs> so to pry me loose from getting to the goals <laughs> is like, you know, uh, uh, really it, it requires almost a jackhammer. And so I, I, I have to say that, that um, I do have to sort of force myself. I hear that plea. I have a wonderful secretary. And, uh, assistant, and she just says, that person needs help, you know, and I go, I know. And then it's just like, okay, put this thing on hold and put her on, you know. And so you do have to make that decision, though. I am going to listen to this person. They're a little one, you know, they're not going to get my goals accomplished. And, you know, they're not going to be someone who I need to see because of, you know, the, the work I'm doing. Uh, but they they are they need help, and that's to hear the cry of the poor. Father Robert Spitzer here from the Magis Center. You can learn more about the Magis Center at magiscenter.com. That's M-A-G-I-S center.com. You know, my mom, I joke, poor thing, so I'll be talking to one of my sisters, say, oh, where's mom? What's mom up to? Oh, she's at a funeral. I swear, yeah. always my mom is at a funeral. Yeah. And, you know, she says, well, that's what happens is you start to get a little older, but actually... I, a huge compliment to my mom. She really does live the corporal works of mercy. And when she knows a family, a friend, or maybe, you know, a friend whose sister has died, she goes and supports that friend whose sister, spouse, you know, grandchild, whoever it might be, might have died. 
And it really is to bury the dead is a corporal work of mercy and to really honor the life of that person, even if you didn't necessarily know them, but you help others to honor them. That's right. And again, you just make the time uh, to go to that funeral. And sometimes, you know, it's just it just can't be done. But sometimes when it can be done and it's just, a re, you know, putting it into the schedule, uh, I would say it's a great honor to that person, and it does more good than you can possibly believe. Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where morality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. Do you want resources on your Catholic faith? Do you want to help someone else go deeper in addition to yourself? Maybe you don't know how to answer those tough questions in an age of scientism. Well, Father Robert Spitzer is my guest today, and one of the awesome resources that he has is CredibleCatholic.com. Again, that's CredibleCatholic.com. You want to know why, what, when, about our faith? That is the place to go. Father Spitzer, I want to dive into the idea of how we can sometimes change chase after miracles in our life Uh, that might be you know sometimes it might be you know okay i'm going to pray a novena and another novena because i'm praying for this specific intention and sometimes we focus too much on the corporal side of life and forget that ultimately our prayer ultimately any miracle that has worked in our life is about our spiritual conversion even if the answer to prayer is that material thing that we do need to move forward in life That's right. And we just have to incorporate that uh, into our lives. And I think the best thing about Lent is reprioritization so that we can remember, you know, sometimes something will befall us and we go, what in the world did, did that happen for? Why me? You know, and then you find out that some new door opened when that other door shut. By the way, I'm totally convinced it's the Holy Spirit that's basically controlling our lives. But we have to have that vision to look for how maybe not getting what we prayed for opens a door to going somewhere we had never dreamt of that really does draw us closer to uh, the Lord or uh, to help somebody else to draw closer to the Lord. So there's all these hidden opportunities in, in things, and, and sometimes it's just kind of giving up, you know, what we uh, originally wanted. So I had been praying a few days ago. I wanted to increase the number of downloads on these seven essential modules because the downloads are frequently downloaded by teachers, which means that they're showing them to students, which means we're getting exposed to a lot more people. And so, uh, you know, 630 downloads uh, a month is great uh, because, you know, you can get to uh, uh, about uh, uh, 7,500 teachers uh, uh, in a year. And uh, that's a lot of students if you multiply it by 25. And it was just not where I thought we needed to be. And so it really kind of got me thinking, how can I get teachers more engaged? And so instead of looking at this like, Lord, please help us out, get more teachers, we, uh, we, I just decided, well, I'm going to start a master teacher program to encourage teachers to train other teachers. And now it's just going full bore. So don't get discouraged if you don't get what you think you, you, you should have gotten. The main thing is, is 
God is really directing us not only to our salvation, but to helping us help others to their salvation. And sometimes chasing after the uh, corporal miracle, as you say, the temporal miracle in this uh, life, uh, sometimes just give it up and look for, was there something else uh, going on here that maybe an opportunity, uh, you know, that I'm not looking at from the spiritual salvation theological side? And maybe, I, like you said, I'm just missing something. Maybe there's a reason I've been asking for this God for years or for months, yeah. whatever it might be, and it's not being answered. You know, yeah. maybe there is a lesson that we have been called to learn that whole time and we're missing it. Oh, yeah. I find oftentimes when uh, when stuff happens, you know, and things are not as good as they you thought they should be, or you're just facing a cross or a, just a, a Gordian knot and you're just right at wit's end. Take a look for the spiritual opportunity that's lurking in the background. Remember, when one door slams or you encounter the cross in one area, the Holy Spirit is busy opening up doors in another area, much more fruitful, more proficient, that can really help you. That's Father Robert Spitzer. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray. If you want to hear more episodes with Father Robert Spitzer or get connected with his work, you can head over to radiotrending.com where we have all our episodes of Trending available. And you can connect with us on Instagram. That's at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, where we also tag the Magis Center as well. Father, one of the stories that, that keeps coming to mind, so I work a lot with people who are injured because I teach Pilates. It's a form of exercise that focuses uh-huh. on the spine. And no, it's not yoga. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the differences, yeah. but I know people are going, isn't that yoga? Yeah. No. So I have people with herniated discs, hip replacements, knee replacements, you name it. And I see, you know, it's easy to have an attitude um, of kind of being down on yourself when you're rehabilitating. Maybe, you know, you don't know if you're able, ever going to be able to walk the same, sit the same, you know, engage yeah. in the same level of fitness. And I see people, you know, they want to get healthy so badly, but sometimes even the attitudes we have about movement and exercise or even accepting where we're at in life can be so negative that I see, well, God's, you know, I sometimes wonder, is God really going to allow you to suddenly be healed from what you're experiencing if your attitude is so bad? And I know that's an extreme of an injury, but that could be in any situation we're in in life. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely essential not only to be asking the Lord for help in prayer, which I think is very important and very good, but at the same time to have the really good attitude that if it doesn't come the way you want according to the timing you want, then it's okay. Just let it go. As I always say, uh, you know, here's the worst possible prayer. Dear Lord, I'm really suffering right now, but, you know, I, I took the liberty of giving you a path to get me out of that suffering, and now I'm also giving you the, uh, the opportunity to go according to my timing. So I prepared a timing sheet for you <laughs> so you could just see how, how I, I would prefer to have this resolved. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, the, your best bet is let the Lord lead you by his own means because he's the one, even through suffering in the cross, he's the one who's going to get you into heaven through it all. You know, I'm laughing here, Father, because, oh boy, if you have any type of type A personality, you have this time frame for when things are going to be getting better. I mean, I sprained my ankle this last weekend. I thought, oh gosh, I thought it broke and there was a loud snap. I can't really walk on it. I'm finally able to drive today, but I'm laughing like, here we are, the beginning of Lent, a couple days in, and boy, did God just knock me on my butt and say, you need to slow down. You need to just sit down. And, you know, God really does work things in our lives and we 
ways that we would never expect, but he has a plan if we are willing to be united to him in the spiritual life, no matter what experience we are going through. Oh, yeah. And so that's the point is, uh, okay, Lord, you direct me, you guide me the way uh, that you think is best. And he is going to guide you the way you think is uh, he thinks is best. Our point is we got to be open and just follow him where he's leading, even if we, it's getting in the way of our type A personality. That's Father Robert Spitzer of the Magis Center. You are listening to Trending with Timory. Are you chasing after that miracle? Whatever that temporal answer to prayer is that you're looking for, maybe there's something wrong with how we're praying and we're reducing the gospel, we're reducing the power and grace of Jesus Christ to just the things that we want in our day-to-day life. And I look at the miracles that Christ performed one after another. I mean, that's really the heart of the Gospels. I mean, more than anything that we read about all these miracles that he's performing, but it wasn't so much about him healing the blind or the dead rising or, you know, the crippled being able to walk. It was about the forgiveness of their sins. Yeah, that's true too. And so at the end of the day, Jesus requires faith in order to work a miracle. And if people didn't have faith, he wouldn't do it. And part of the miracle is increasing your faith and confirming the faith that you had. So that's part of the miracle. Father, I know for you, you've experienced your own challenge with having the loss of your sight. And I can imagine, you know, it has been a tremendous spiritual journey for you that you've shared about at times here on the show. What has probably been the biggest takeaway for you? Oh, humility, (laughs) uh, without any doubt. I mean, humility uh, and greater empathy with people who are in need and what blessings they both have been. I can't imagine what a kind of a priest I'd be today without having the gradual loss of my eyesight now to total blindness. Can I ask you a question, too? You know, you're someone who is so wise and have such an incredible academic background. Yet You haven't allowed the loss of sight to prevent you from learning. What are your main ways of learning now? Oh, I have an eye, Joan. Uh, she's my assistant, and, and uh, she reads to me quite often and uh, does all my emails. And then uh, uh, you can uh, get on Alexa or whatever, you know, Echo, whatever. Uh, you, you can get anything. You know, there's audible books of, of every variety. iPads can now read to you. So it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities in this culture to to, to move through that. I'm always so amazed because I'll mention some study or some topic and you'll have known all these new different studies that I've not even seen on the issue. And I think that that is such an incredible witness because despite the challenge, you know, of not being able to see and not being able to search out your own research and things as easily, you do not allow that to stop you from preaching the gospel and being responsible for communicating yeah. with others. Oh, no, I, uh, I don't let it stop me. And sometimes, honestly, just having somebody read it to you you get more out of it, and you see things that you didn't uh, uh, see before. And, and not only that, uh, it makes, you know, you're really attentive. you got to get it the first time around. And that helps me to focus and concentrate. So blessings all over the place in it. Talk about a new perspective. You're challenged to have that new perspective in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to encourage everyone as you're journeying through Lent, really turn back a page for a second to look at what were those corporal works of mercy that I learned as a little kid. Maybe we can memorize them. I know know, I've written them on my mirror at my house and just to remember what they are. And just by looking at them, it reminds you, you have a responsibility for other people in the culture. It's not just about you, yourself, and I having this great prayer schedule this Lent. Oh, absolutely. And so, uh, 
uh, as they say, be inclusive, uh, uh, open in your thinking to how you want to plan your land. Hey, everyone, if you're interested, you live in Southern California, I'd like to invite you out near Temecula. I'll be speaking at a Lenten mission on the 17th and 18th of March, so St. Patrick's Day and the day after. I'd love to see you guys there. You can learn more about this on my Facebook page. Just look up Trending with Timory or on Instagram and Twitter. Also, Vox Vite, a summer leadership program for teenagers, is kicking off again this June go check it out at voxvitae.org. This has been Trending with Timory. To book her to speak or learn more about her guest, visit radiotrending.com. That's radiotrending.com. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. 